Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. What if you had people in your organization who were capable of more than you realized? What would it look like if you had people in your organization who would actively look for problems and instead of being the type of person that would go and complain to you about those problems, they would be able to create solutions for those problems? If you're interested in finding more people like that in your organization, you may be able to tweak your culture so that you're able to draw those people out of the woodwork and make sure that you're setting them up for success. We're going to get into some of the details of how to do that in today's interview, and we're going to get to a little bit more about our guests in just a second. But first... It's great when you have time to listen to podcasts, but sometimes you just need to get straight to the facts. And that's why we've put together the Leadership Action List. It's a year's worth of weekly action steps to improve your leadership. If you want to be a noticeably different leader in one year, this simple but effective resource is for you. Download this list for free at leadershipactionlist.com. Once again, for an entire year of weekly leadership development, go to leadershipactionlist.com. Our guest today is a podcaster, decade-long blogger, and two-time Amazon number one best-selling author. Since the late 90s, she's coached, consulted, and directed presidents and founders of national organizations and over 4,000 small business owners and executive-level leadership, continuous improvement, and team empowerment initiatives to infiltrate new markets, leveraging partner ecosystems and producing profitability. Here is Molly McGrath. Molly, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some insight for our own lives. So you ready for these? Indeed. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? Uh, My greatest saying that I say all the time that resonates with so many team members as well as entrepreneurs is a confused mind says no, which really takes the communicator to be responsible for how they communicate to clarify and verify. So often employees will leave after meeting with an entrepreneur, business owner, leader, a CEO, C-level person, and they'll just shake their head yes during a meeting and then walk away and try to dissect their notes and they're confused and then they're paralyzed and then they do nothing. So One of the things that I coach many of my businesses that I work with is to take responsibility for not only your communication, but your listening as well. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? Up front, out front, and wholly responsible for their communication and the energy that they leave in every single interaction and room. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? I think what they should be asking themselves every single day, you know, how, how am I doing? 
and do a self-evaluation. I have every one of my leaders, especially presidents and owner of company, do a self-reflection as they start their day every single day of really grounding into their intentions of how they want to show up and identifying their top three priorities and end every single day with a, a debrief of how they did that day and where they can continually improve. What is a book that you would recommend to leaders? Oh, hands down, the best book that I have ever read is Crucial Conversations. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? The number one thing that I have my, in 25 years of coaching and consulting leaders that they said had absolutely transformed not only the way they show up, but also the way they lead and the way that they're team members lead is that they do a weekly self-management meeting every single Sunday before they go into the arena, so to speak. And finally, we have our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? As absolutely positively, why not? Why do you say that? I say that because so often people come from a mindset of I can't or it can't be done and they get limited and that's where they stopped, where they're listening to the five, you know, the, the statement of you are the sum of the five people that you surround yourself with. So a principle that I have all of my um, businesses adopt is I can't, we can't is completely eradicated from everybody's vocabulary. So you should go into everything of why not? Why not can't we do this? Now, Molly, we are here today to hear from you about what we can learn as leaders specifically connected to a number of your books. One of them that I want to start off with is your book, Entrepreneurs in an Entrepreneur's World. Could you talk a little bit about that book and what leaders can learn from it? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my favorite books. Uh, back in the mid-90s, we coined the term entrepreneur, which really means that, that so often we would hear from business owners and from CEOs and C-level leaders saying, I just wish our employees would step up and lead. And when we would ask them and dissect what that meant, it really meant that they would be able to come to them with proposed solutions versus constant problems. We all know that as leaders were in back-to-back teleconferences, Zoom meetings, things of that nature. And every time we walk out, we have a line of people that want to delegate back up to us. They have questions, they need clarity, but so often it comes from a place of problem mindset versus solution mindset. So an entrepreneur is somebody who comes to you with proposed solutions versus constant problems. They don't have equity into the business from a financial perspective or from a risk or responsibility perspective but they absolutely have the ownership that's in their bones and in their mindset and in their behavior and in their habits. So an entrepreneur is somebody who who uses words such as our clients, our business, 
They use we statements. They very much think of the business as their very own. And it's because of their mindset. It's because of the way that they have not only the responsibility to get their job done and to have their their bosses back, so to speak, but they absolutely have not only the, the responsibility of that, but the permission and authority to operate from that way. It sounds like an entrepreneur often could be an entrepreneur. Is that the case? And is there a reason that a lot of entrepreneurs might choose to be a part of something else rather than starting and owning their own thing? It, it could be. It could be. Or they might be on an entrepreneurial track. They might be on some level where they can be a partnership or a shareholder or things of that nature. Quite often, that is the case. When they start out as an entrepreneur or an employee, then they up-level into being an um, entrepreneur, but most often it is an employee. And that's really what distinguishes, it's almost like you hear the statement, your right hand man. An entrepreneur is somebody who understands what it takes to be a leader. And they not only have your back, so often you'll hear people say, I just wish somebody has my back, but they also have your front. They can forecast what's coming at you. They take full ownership of not only your calendar of all the projects that you have, but they also take full ownership of your confidence in protecting your energy. So my guess is that if there is a leader in a business who doesn't feel like they have someone who has their back right now, they're probably asking, how can I find myself an entrepreneur? Any recommendations there? Or maybe how can I develop an entrepreneur? Mm, I love that question. That second one of how can I develop? So often people have a sleeping giant in their business, somebody who hasn't been given the permission to come with their ideas. They were whether either conditioned from previous jobs or maybe your current culture communicates, just show up, do your job, put your head down, shut your mouth and collect your paycheck. You first and foremost, you have to look at your culture. Do you have an open culture where you've already communicated where people are to their voice matters? They've already been given permission and the platform to speak their truth, to speak up that if you haven't created that culture, I would say first and foremost, start there, do a a, massive analysis of your culture and interview your people, spend time with them, take them to lunch, have them on a Zoom room, coffee, whatever it is conducive for your marketplace and for your area and get deeply, deeply curious and ask them some really powerful questions in regards to, and of course, going back to crucial conversations, you have to start with her and you have to make it safe. Otherwise, no matter how much you tell them that this is a confidential, safe conversation. They just won't speak up if they don't feel it. And your culture doesn't already demonstrate that. So you have to start with culture. Then after you do analysis that, then you have to, I would say, take each person out one by one, invest in them. They're human beings, not human doings. They want to be acknowledged and they want your time and attention. So you want to start with giving that on a consistent basis. If you don't already have that in place quarterly, start with doing it monthly and sit down and ask them. So once you you ask them powerful questions and then be quiet and listen, you will know if you have an entrepreneur or a leader, if you start with her, you've made it safe, you ask them really powerful question, you pause and listen. And if they don't stop talking and communicating and they just pour everything out, 
you know that you have an entrepreneur. If you're getting one word answers or you're just getting a yes chick, which is my uh, second book that I wrote, where they're just nodding their head and agreeing with everything that you're saying, and you're seeing that consistently in two, three employees, then you know it's not the employee, it's it's your culture. So you have to go back to culture then because you know you have an entrepreneur when you can check the box that you have a safe environment and a healthy environment for them and they will just pour everything out and share everything of this is what I'm seeing here's where I think we can improve these are some ideas I have when you give feedback like that we're almost like your employees won't be quiet that's when you know that you have entrepreneurs and you've done a phenomenal job of creating an extraordinary culture and I'm glad a second ago that you brought up crucial conversations because one of the the questions I wanted to ask is what is the connection between crucial conversations and developing or creating a strong positive culture? You know, it, it really is so simplistic that if you do not, you cannot have open dialogue where people have permission to speak their truth, where you do not have people that are coming to you and saying, hey, do you have a moment? And they are very vulnerable and raw and real in sharing that. It doesn't matter how much strategy, how much money, how many marketing initiatives that you throw at your organization, you'll never be able to scale and grow. You'll constantly be be conducting that stop restart. So often I'll have people call to me, they have a phenomenal business model. They have an extraordinary strategic plan. They have, I, there's no shortage of marketing initiatives, what have you, but their constant problem are their people. There's saying in the business world, business would be great, but for the people, but for the employees. And when I hear that statement so often from people, it, you know, it just tells me that you need, it starts with leadership. And so often when I do a review with people in regards to their ability to speak freely, openly, honestly, what have you, that's really the starting point. It's so simple when you start with heart and you make it safe where you're not defending when somebody comes to you with continual improvement or problems or, you know, proposed solution. And when people don't feel heard and acknowledged and validated, those are really the the easiest steps. Like I said, I can't say this enough. You have to remember they're not employees. They're human beings first and foremost. So you've just talked about crucial conversations. Before that, you were talking about engaging entrepreneurs within your organization. Do you have any other insight about employee engagement and really enlivening your workforce? Absolutely. I'm blown away by how many leaders and businesses I go into that they don't have growth plans for every person in, that they employ right down to the receptionist. So that's the biggest area where I see massive turnaround when leaders and business owners deploy this. So what I say, I'm actually going, doing a presentation today on the employee review must die. And to interact with it like an employee growth plan versus a review or performance plan. When you can shift your mindset in that and do it quarterly, have it hardwired on the calendar for everybody in your building that the supervisor leader conducts with them, have them do a self-evaluation, have them give their uh, state of the union from their position and their seat on the bus, so to speak, of where they see things. And every quarter, having some goals. Everybody, human beings need to know where they're true 
true north is. Employees adapt so well and overperform when they have a growth plan and they always know that they're on a path of continual growth. They know that there's a timeline. We all do very, very well with timelines. And if you can do this quarterly versus annually, I think that's the biggest area that so many leaders miss is they do annual reviews versus keeping your employees consistently engaged and consistently on a path of growth where they're very, very clear what their top three revenue and or implementation or impact driven activities are that they contribute not only to their personal growth, their professional growth, but ultimately to the business and making certain that you have an incentive-based compensation plan attached to that in both individually and then globally as a company to create a team-centric approach. So I want to shift gears a little bit. So far, we've talked about your books, Entrepreneurs in an Entrepreneur's World, and briefly about Don't Be a Yes Chick. But you've also written a book called The 66-Day Law Firm Turnaround that I think probably has applications beyond just law firms. Could you talk a little bit about that book? Absolutely. So that's really a blueprint um, in regards to, to your point, you can, it's for any business. I have many businesses that have downloaded that book. You can get it for free on our website at hiringandempowering.com and it's universal across the board. It's really a book that is designed and the key functions to turning fears into confidence and true momentum for each business, whether in each part of what you're doing as the entrepreneur, as a manager, as a leader, and then the employee. And it's exclusively for what we call leaders leading leaders and turning everybody in their role into a key decision maker so they can take control of their role, number one, but also in regards to the results that each of their roles perform. So it is a step-by-step, 10-week process in regards to turning around your people, your process, your production, and your profit. So what does it look like to begin setting a plan in place, identifying goals and actually carrying those out. Could you give us a little bit of that insight? Maybe give us a a bit of the book as a way to encourage people to go and download it. So first I start with having each each employee, every person in the business, uh, conducting a questionnaire in regards to what they're seeing from their current places. Something as simple as, you know, the most powerful question on that that, um, questionnaire of starting is, I wish dot, dot, dot. And allowing people to just what we call sort of like dump out the junk drawer and put everything that they wish. There's no constrictions around. I wish this for the company, for my role, for the job, for what have you. And the amount of clarity that comes out of that is extraordinary. Then I have everyone come together and really come into a place of conducting a strategic retreat with the entire business, taking all of that data, compiling it by and large, is going to come into various areas. See, they're going to fall into production. It's going to fall into process. It's going to fall into training. It's going to fall into communication. Very rarely is there a bucket within the business structure that it doesn't fall into. And then from there, creating a solid vision with zero confusion. 
where you're able to walk out of there with what I call your four power projects, where collectively as a business, you can anchor into this is who we are. This is what we're about. Here's the vision. There is nothing but clear, concise communication, zero confusion around it and being and then everybody in the business anchoring to that because most often people will do these big 12-month annual five-year plans. I say start with each quarter. If if COVID in 2020 taught us nothing, the first quarter plan went out the window. So you really want to just, you know, people do better with very tight deadlines, getting everyone on the same page, and then meeting every single week and having a standard same place, same time meeting where we're just doing a locker room huddle and meeting on the solid vision where you're able to take your business into the future with everyone on your team knowing you know, knowing what it is and every person can buy into it before they leave that room with zero confusion and tremendous amount of confidence and clarity. And once again, Molly, if people want to download that, where can they go? They can go to hiringandempowering.com. So Molly, I love the idea of those four power projects just for the clarifying and anchoring aspects. Another thing that you mentioned earlier that also connects to the idea of clarifying and anchoring yourself is the the idea of self-evaluation and debriefing that you talked about earlier. Could you talk a little bit more about what that looks like, how you would recommend leaders to begin evaluating themselves and debriefing at the end of every day? Yeah, absolutely. And by all means, if any of your listeners want to fill out my contact form and just let me know you want to get a copy of a weekly self-evaluation, I would absolutely be happy to do it and share that with you. But it's very simple where I give them, my clients, a weekly check-in sheet where they can check in every single Sunday and see, you know, what, what they're most proud of from the week. What was really hard for me? me over this week and why? You know, where did I get stopped? Where is the one relationship that I'm tolerating that's not working? That one's a really big one. So often we tolerate so much stuff uh, that we're not really clear about and it tends to transcend through our business. And just really getting clear on the following people and situations that have triggered you over the week. And what is the one thing that you will do to improve this coming week in the following areas of focus management, cleanup work, health, relationships, finance finances, and I give them different areas to look into and kind of to look at where their mindset was for the week. Was it positive? Was it creative? Was it futuristic? Was it riddled with anxiety? Were they in survival mode? Were they um, showing up as a leader? Because leaders are up front and out front. Or were they hiding out because they just couldn't deal with a lot of the messes that are in the business? And really looking at where in their life they quit because it was too much work or because they weren't getting what they wanted quick enough. And looking at where they procrastinated and um, just really give them some self-exploration questions to evaluate their week and looking at where they're living from a place of other people's agendas or where they really anchored into that clear vision of the future or, or were they just reacting to whatever the week was throwing at them. 
Well, Molly, before we finish up today's interview, I want to give you a chance to leave the listeners with something that either you'd like to reiterate from today's conversation or something that we just, for whatever reason, haven't had a chance to talk about yet. You know, what I would say to leaders is that I believe that it's very rare that there are bad employees, so to speak. You know, it's very hard to do that self-exploration. But when I interview employees in every industry, they really want to be part of something. They want to be involved. So often as leaders, we protect our employees from a lot of information, which tends to be just a thundering silence throughout the office. And they can pick up when something's going on or where the leader is completely stressed out or needing help. But that old saying of never let them see you sweat, I feel like that does a massive disservice for leaders, number one, also for team members to have the opportunity to learn and grow your job is to be a mentor and to be a coach. And you have to remember that first and foremost. I I love the saying, and I've said it a few times, that you're responsible for the energy that you leave in every interaction, in every room. So if you can, before you walk into a conversation, into a meeting, into an email, into an interaction, as much as you realize that it's your job to mentor and to sort of grow up your employees in knowing that they can handle it and that they're craving it. So often I hear that from employees versus just being their boss. I think the terminology of leader has been very convoluted over the years. So as much as you can be vulnerable, you can be real, you can be clear, you would be amazed how much it would step up and lead and take a bullet for you. Well, Molly, if people have connected with what you've shared today, where would you like them to go to learn more about you and the work that you do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You go to hiringandempowering.com and you can join. Um, every Tuesday, I drop a new Value Bomb uh, podcast. And then every Thursday, we drop a new blog. Uh, and everything is 100% constructed in a place of, to give you some nuggets, some tips and techniques to support you with up-leveling your leadership game. All right, Molly. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Indeed. Thank you for having me. Once again, if you'd like to find a little bit more about what Molly's doing, you can go to hiringandempowering.com. That, as well as other ways to connect with Molly, are in the show notes below. Now, let's go ahead and get to today's three key takeaways. The first takeaway is this. An intrapreneur is someone who comes with proposed solutions rather than consistent problems. They have ownership in their bones, even if they don't have an actual stake in the business. The second key takeaway is connected to this, and that is to find entrepreneurs, you need an open culture where people have the permission and platform to speak up. And the final key takeaway in keeping with this theme of entrepreneurs is that when looking for entrepreneurs, ask powerful questions in individual conversation, then pause and listen. If someone begins to pour forth ideas, you found the right person. And if you find that no one's opening up to you, that may be because you need to go back to step two because you haven't yet developed a culture where people feel comfortable being open with you. 
I look forward to sharing with you on this podcast once again next week. And if you've not yet done so, I encourage you to sign up for the free leadership action list. This is a downloadable PDF that is 52 recommended actions to improve your leadership. That's one strategic action you can be taking every single week to improve yourself as a leader. Once again, you can download this free leadership action list at leadershipactionlist.com. Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.